Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. I admire and look up to heroes, but indolent men make the best lovers, wrote Harriet Wilson in her memoirs. In 1825, Harriet, a British courtesan, wrote and published a series of stories in a British broadsheet paper titled The Memoirs of Harriet Wilson. She's one of the most famous courtesans of the Regency era, not necessarily because of her affairs, but because she named names. She exposed in her memoirs the names of royal, aristocratic, and political men whom she then blackmailed to keep their names out of those memoirs. Arthur Wellesley, first Duke of Wellington, was famously one of those influential names. Let's talk about who Arthur was. Why Harriet would want to blackmail him, and why, among all her victims, we chose him to have on the show. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarki. And I'm Holly Fry. Arthur Wellesley was a hero, literally. He had wanted to follow his dreams of becoming a musician, but his mother would not hear of it, and instead he joined a Highland regiment. He then fought at Flanders, directed the British campaign in India, fought in campaigns in both Portugal and France, and commanded the British Army in the Peninsular War. He went on to become a military general who, among many impressive acts, was a national hero for his defeat of Napoleon Bonaparte at Waterloo. His military battle plans are still studied today. He was that good. He famously is quoted saying, the only thing I am afraid of is fear. We'll see about that. Arthur has also appeared on Criminalia a few times in the past, so if you've been with us for a while, you may remember we talked about the time his portrait, which is Goya's painting The Duke, became a target of theft from the National Gallery in London. And we also told the story of when he was famously stalked by Lady Georgiana Fane, English heiress and daughter of John Fane, 10th Earl of Westmoreland. And we can't skip this fact either. He is also the person that Wellington boots are named for after he asked his shoemaker, a George Hobie of St. James's Street in London, 
to make him a boot that would be easier to wear with the newly fashionable, tighter-fitting trousers. The Wellington Arch in London's Hyde Park? Yes, that is named after him, too. But it takes two to tango, so let's talk about Harriet. Harriet Wilson was born Harriet Dubouchet on February 22, 1786, in London. She was one of 15 children born to Swiss clockmaker John and his English wife, Amelia. John changed the family's surname to Wilson in 1801. Harriet did not grow up dreaming of becoming a courtesan. She first tried on a career as a governess, then a boarding school music teacher. She found both, she would later write, insufferable and boring. She wanted, as she wrote in her memoirs, to live, quote, as free as air from any restraint but that of my conscience, and explained that her sister Amy led her, as well as her other sisters Fanny and Sophie, into the world of the courtesan. Society labeled her a demi-rep, which was a woman of dubious reputation, but the courtesan was a woman in control of her life and her finances, which most married women at the time were not. So just a heads up on this one as we get into her story. Her life as a courtesan began when she was a teenage girl. So a courtesan, just so we all know, was basically an upper-class woman who had intimate relationships with wealthy or important people in exchange for money. She also provided companionship and good conversation. Sometimes this was a long-term financial arrangement, but not always. It could be weeks or it could be years. And courtesans had a certain cachet. They were witty and intelligent with joie de vivre. Harriet was an educated woman. She read French and she was interested in Roman history, and she took interest in current politics. She was described as, quote, far from beautiful, but a smart, saucy girl with good eyes and dark hair and the manners of a wild schoolboy. It's time for us to take a break for a word from our sponsors, but when we're back, we'll talk about Harriet Wilson's career as a courtesan and the influential people who got caught in her web of blackmail. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. 
That's simply safe, S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like simply safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about some of the affairs of Harriet Wilson. Harriet began her memoirs talking about her first client, William, Earl of Craven. William, we found, was a cousin of the author Jane Austen, which is just a little side note for any Janeites or Austenites out there. Of him, she said, quote, I shall not say how and why I became, at the age of 15, the mistress of the Earl of Craven whether it was love or the depravity of my own heart or the winning arts of the noble lord, which induced me to leave my paternal roof and place myself under his protection. Her memoirs were hyped as a tell-all, and she did tell some. She described not only the boredom she felt as the years passed, but also personal details such as, quote, all men do not wear those ugly cotton nightcaps, else all women's illusions had been destroyed in the first night of marriage. Later in her story, she writes of a royal, quote, I wonder, thought I, what sort of a nightcap the Prince of Wales wears. She had a great deal to say, and just as many of us can't get enough celebrity gossip today, people then also wanted to hear about it. Years later, the Earl of Craven ended the affair, accusing her of having a dalliance with Frederick Lamb, 3rd Viscount Melbourne. She denied it to William, but she and Lamb did have an affair. 
after her relationship with Lamb ended, she began an affair with Colin Campbell, 3rd Duke of Argyle. That ended when he and her sister Amy met and they became lovers. Arthur Wellesley, Duke of Wellington, was an on-again, off-again entanglement. The memoir really reads like a who's who of influential names. Harriet claimed the Marquess of Worcester wanted to marry her, although his father, the Duke of Beaufort, put an end to that. Some versions of that affair suggest she actually blackmailed the Duke into keeping his son's proposal quiet. It was one thing to carry on with a courtesan, but marriage, that was a no-no. She kept the company of Henry Brom, first Baron Brom and Vox, as well as John Wilson Croker, politician and essayist. She also had flirtations with the Prince Regent, who reigned first as Regent due to his father's illness from 1811 to 1820, and then as King George IV from 1820 to 1840. Other influential names included Henry John Temple, Lord Palmerston, Lord Frederick Bentick, Augustus Fitzgerald, 3rd Duke Leinster, Francis Seymour Conway, 3rd Marquess of Hertford, the Honorable Frederick Poodle Bing, and Lord John Ponsonby, whom she claimed was her one true love. Of him, she recalled, quote, even the knocker of his door escaped not my veneration. Many of the men who had in the past promised her a pension as part of their deal seemed to have forgotten about her after they ended the affair. And that's where the idea of the tell-all sparked. Finding herself about to turn 40 years old with dwindling finances, Harriet decided to write her memoirs, which actually was a kiss-and-tell that she used to threaten to expose her lovers unless they paid to keep their names out of her work. It was split into multiple volumes, each featuring a different client or clients. In cahoots with publisher John Joseph Stockdale, a draft of the manuscript for The Memoirs of Harriet Wilson was intentionally circulated to several of the important men mentioned in the book, along with a note that, for a sizable payment, passages could be omitted or revised, and quotes from love letters could be removed before it went public. Some accounts report that upwards of 200 letters were sent to her former clients, demanding an annual annuity of £20 or one lump sum of £200 to ensure their anonymity. Though nefarious, it was a pretty good plan. If she didn't get the money she was blackmailing for, she would still make money on the book sales anyway. Stockdale, her publisher, was a sketchy guy. He was an English publisher and editor with a reputation as a pornographer and as a publisher of questionable materials. The fact that he was involved in blackmail is pretty unsurprising. He did, however, publish writing that was less sensationalistic, sometimes, such as Percy Bysshe Shelley's gothic horror novel titled St. Irvine or the Rosicrucian, a romance. Under the pseudonym of Thomas Little, he also published an edition of John Robertson's then-radical treatise on the pathology of the reproductive system. It was a work titled On Diseases of the Generative System. So that said, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors. When we're all back together, we'll talk about how successful or unsuccessful Harriet's blackmail campaign fare. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. 
Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome back to Criminalia. And now, the blackmail. Let's talk about Arthur Wellesley's reaction to Harriet's blackmail attempt. So, back to the memoir. In December of 1824, Arthur Wellesley received correspondence from John Joseph Stockdale on behalf of Harriet, stating, quote, My Lord Duke, in Harriet Wilson's memoirs, which I am about to publish, are various anecdotes of your grace, which it would be most desirable to withhold, at least such is my opinion. I have stopped the press for the moment, but as the publication will take place next week, little delay can necessarily take place. This outraged Arthur, leading him to roar the now famous quote, publish and be damned. He was the only person mixed up in Harriet's blackmail circle who stood up for himself so solidly that we still know about it 200 years later. So, obviously, Arthur Wellesley was not the kind of man who was easily intimidated, not on the battlefield and not off of it. He was more than willing to call out any person who gave him any offense or grievance. He was literally a guy who would face his enemies with pistols at dawn. He did, and he lived to tell about it. After his military achievements, he entered politics, eventually rising to the office of prime minister in 1828. He was married, yet remained an undeniable womanizer. Twenty years had passed since he and Harriet had their affair. We learn of him from her that he was, quote, a faithful lover whose love survived six winters. She described him as, quote, my own Wellington, who sighed over me, talked of my wonderful beauty, ran after me. She called him, quote, my constant visitor and a modern bluebeard. She also described him as, quote, most unentertaining and claimed that, quote, in the evenings, when he wore his broad red ribbon, he looked very much like a rat catcher. She compared his pillow talk to, quote, 
sitting up with a corpse. It wasn't all racy material. Of course, Arthur wasn't the only one that Harriet tried to blackmail, and others were more forthcoming. We mentioned earlier that she included the Prince Regent in her tell-all, but there wasn't much to tell, really. It was more about associating with his name. Harriet wrote about the letters that they had exchanged and how he didn't impress her in his correspondence. She wrote to him, quote, I am told that I am very beautiful, so perhaps you would like to see me. If you believe you could make me in love with you, write to me. In reply, George suggested they meet in London, but as she was in Brighton, she replied, quote, Sir, to travel 52 miles, this bad weather, merely to see a man, would, you must admit, be madness in a girl like myself, surrounded by humble admirers. If you can do anything better in the way of pleasing a lady than ordinary men, write directly. If not, adieu, Monsieur le Prince. She admitted, though, that they never actually had an affair. So threatening to share his correspondence, she hoped, was going to be enough to get him to pay her for her silence. Her blackmail scheme, pay to be deleted from her kiss and tell, has since frustrated biographers of Wilson as she clearly held her end of the deal and altered her writing for those who gave her money. Most of her former lovers, including the Prince Regent, who we know wasn't actually in that category technically, paid to keep their names out of this whole business. Stockdale, despite Arthur's outcry, did publish, and as for the Duke, his social and public reputation maybe took a small hit, but nothing really happened. He didn't have to resign. He didn't have to apologize. He kept his status as the nation's hero, and his popularity ebbed and waned with his political career, not from anything Harriet had to say about him. The book became a bestseller, even though much of it was known to be completely fictional and, as we've been talking about, also heavily redacted. The demand was so great that a barrier had to be erected in front of Stockdale's shop the day it was made available. But despite its subject matter, Harriet's allegedly scandalous book was actually, by many accounts, pretty dull. The scandal of the book was the names that appeared in it, not anything especially graphic or salacious. Minus the 200-pound blackmail payments, it's believed that Harriet's memoirs made her about 10,000 pounds. In 1830, she tried another round of blackmail letters to her former clients, threatening another publication. Mostly, this just caused anger, and most of the men dismissed her. In the end, with a comfortable nest egg from her memoir sales and her successful blackmails, Harriet retired from her work. So what are we what are we drinking with Harriet or Arthur? This is a drink that I think Harriet would have enjoyed. And I'm calling it the Chatty Courtesan. <laughs> there are a lot of cocktails called a courtesan, so I couldn't do that. That's appropriate for her. So <laughs> she was chatty. She wanted to talk a lot about her life. Some of it fake and some of it real and redacted. Redacted heavily redacted life. So this one is a heavy hitter. I'm going to just warn you up front. There is a lot of alcohol in it. So we'll start with the non-alcoholic components, a half ounce of lemon juice, and an ounce of white grape juice. To that, you are going to add an ounce of gin, a half ounce of creme de violette, and a half ounce of Saint-Germain. And you are going to shake these together with ice 
till it's very cold, and you're going to pour them into a chilled coop, and then you are going to top it with chilled Prosecco. For a little bubble. little bubble. A little bubble. This is one of those drinks that is almost stupidly delicious. Mm-hmm. It's super easy to sip, even though it has a lot of alcohol in it. Obviously, drink responsibly. But I just picture her having these made as she sits on her couch, <laughs> chuckling to herself about all of the men she feels she holds in her hand with her information. The floral notes from the creme de violette and the elderflower liqueur are not super strong. It's like they all kind of balance and counter each other. And it's like having a almost like a, a champagne cocktail, but it's a little more than your French 75 because we have other flavors in the mix. I actually think this, the ingredients to this are fantastically Harriet. They just felt very right to me yes. for her. If you want to make the mocktail version of this, that is actually pretty easy. We're going to do the sub out we've gotten pretty used to of using an ounce of flat tonic water in lieu of gin. Instead of your creme de violette, you're going to use violet syrup. And instead of your elderflower liqueur, you'll use an elderflower syrup. Now, one thing I would do here is I would up the lemon juice just a little bit because at that point you're adding a lot more syrup to get the flavors. So I would go to like three quarters of an ounce, maybe even more if you want a little more tart. Then you'll keep your ounce of white grape juice and you will use like a low sugar ginger ale instead of Prosecco. Sounds like the the mocktail is equally tasty. Yeah. It is very yummy. It's one of those mocktails that I found myself going, if I made everything but the bubble part and then just kept this in a pitcher, (laughs) I could drink off of this all day while I'm working and just top it off with the ginger ale and I'll be in great shape. It's a super yummy one. I really liked this. Mm -hmm. The cocktail version is not very sweet, even though it has sweet elements in it. Nothing is really, to my palate, the domineering element of it, which is always nice, right? When it's like, oh, this is just its own its own thing. That is the chatty courtesan. We have sure enjoyed chatting about her with you, and we hope that you have enjoyed it as well, and that you will join us again next week for another story of blackmail and another coercion concoction. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.